0: sports but we came here to win the most legit podcast that's why we know you're tuning in we cover the biggest news we underdogs but we can't lose so trust the process yes you because we got chris and anchu to bless you with the best features best stories we diving deep like a lambo leak wake up kid and stop snoring we on point just like this peak bring the passion like the talk path in the cold get a cold brand. sit back and race the cat because we start this show like right now
1: Hey everybody! Welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Chris Hordell joined by Anshikana, Anshu.
0: Chris, how you doing? I'm pretty well. How are you?
1: Pretty well, pretty well. I'm uh, I'm excited and cautiously optimistic and worried and all so many things about what's going on in sports right now. I we I'm going to tell you something that I think might blow your mind a little bit. As oh. we sit here, it is November 11th. Two weeks from today, college basketball is scheduled to be played. Wow. Do you think we're going to complete a college basketball season?
0: Oh boy. Well, Governor DeWine's about to go on for Ohio in a few hours or an hour or so from now and uh, likely to, you know, increase restrictions. So, I I mean, Mm. in Ohio, I, I, I don't know. I've I think that they're making plans with these MTEs and um, whatever else, these small events, right. Um, To Mm. Try to like skirt around the issue, but yeah, I mean, I think that they really hurt themselves not having March madness last year. And I I think that they will do everything they can to get a season in given the blueprint that's out there. Um, Yeah. I, I will say I expect it to be completed, but obviously not in the way that not even close to a full season as we would normally expect. And yeah, I, I mean, yeah, not even close, but I do expect March Madness this
1: year. Well, you know, I was looking at Pavada Sportsbook earlier today, and I saw that my Wildcats are the odds on favor to win the national championship. So obviously I'm, I am ha, very much hotly anticipating this season. I just, I don't know how confident I am in it. And it's going to come back to the conversation that we had back during the lockdown when we were talking about will schools open, should schools open? Well, now it's going to be, Will schools stay open despite the fact that we're setting record numbers of coronavirus coronavirus cases every single day? And Thanksgiving is going to be that time when things really get out of control when everybody's flying and traveling oh. and to see their families. Will this? Will schools reopen? Should they reopen? And if if there aren't students, will there be student athletes? It's going to be an interesting story to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, football really isn't giving us any sort of template since it is just once a week and. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of these games now, almost every significant game team, I feel like, has had a cancellation by now yeah. or been affected by COVID in some way. So, yeah, I mean, it would be I, I think that they will still go on even if students aren't there. But it's it's just kind of like one of those wink nod things as, you know, isn't unexpected. They're they're isolating the, the athletes from the students even more than they already were, you know, in terms of like the way that they're treated. So, I I expect that to continue to be the case because, you know, again, they lost a lot not having March Madness. And I I just, it's clear to me, and I'm sure it's clear to you, that these schools may give lip service to the idea that they care what what the students are going through in their general health and the health Mm. of their families. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, two straight March Madnesses being canceled would be. I don't want to say a disaster, but it would be pretty bad for, you know, for the sport and for many of these schools' financials.
1: Not a disaster, but still disastrous.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, especially for these basketball, I mean, you bring up Villanova, like uh, Villanova, Gonzaga, you know, these these programs are designed to keep the rest of the athletic department afloat in many ways Mm -hmm. right and so like to not on top of not having fans to not have the revenues that get involved in you know those teams playing in these tournaments would be it'd be pretty devastating
1: yeah i just i really really get worried because well i'm looking right now and Georgia, Missouri, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Ohio State, Maryland, Auburn, Mississippi State, Alabama, LSU, all postponed or scheduled or canceled this weekend. And that's college football. You know, college football, you have a much deeper pool of substitutes. Like, these are 100-man rosters. If coronavirus hits a college basketball team, it could wipe out 50% of the roster.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, we're using weird proxies or weird precedents as reasons to have this... You know this league happened. I mean, yes, we did have or this sport happened. I mean, yes, we did have um, you know NBA, but that was that was of course in a bubble, and so we're not going to have that here. And you're right. Like, I mean, if one guy gets it, it's like the equivalent of a running back getting it, and the entire running back room being affected. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. And I just, I they've got to be really, really flexible. And I think that's so tricky when it comes to college traveling and, you know, multiple games a week. I don't, I, I'll I be honest, I haven't looked at the schedule too carefully. And I think, you know, it's because w- the obvious that we're all thinking, like, we're not sure if it's going to be a waste of time or not. Everything is so conditional right now.
1: Yeah. And it's always been bizarre that the college season was going to start one week after the NBA draft. I just, I <laughs> I do not envy college coaches this season for sure.
0: Well, especially the ones with COVID, like Tom Izzo. I mean, uh. it's, it's just so... It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And like they had the opportunity yet again to be creative and try to skirt around this by, you know, again, the MT, the idea of multi-team events every other week, potentially logging three or four games during that time, I think is the way to go because then you could have potentially had like bubble scenarios. Um, yeah, you know, and, and uh, yeah, yes. They, the student athletes would be even further removed from the students, but, I think that that's like, you just have to basically, you know, drink your, me- take your medicine on that one. And um, I just, I don't think that they're being very creative with that. I know they are doing MTEs, but they're not, I don't think that they're they're going all the way with it, which is going to be a problem.
1: Right. This has gotten so bad that even the NFL is now publicly willing to make plans for what happens if they're losing games. They come up with this agreement yesterday where basically Two more teams would be added to the playoffs if significant games are lost uh, over the second half of the season because of coronavirus. Any.
0: I think I said, yeah, oh, significant meaning even if one game, though, that affects the playoff picture happens. They're basically planning for a—and, I mean, why would the owners—of should? course the owners are going to approve that because it's just another game that they get to pocket, you know? Yeah. By so, the way, I'm
1: very against this. This is this seems like this is a personal slight to the Philadelphia Eagles, who will not be able to host a host a, a playoff game should they uh, continue on their path right now.
0: Wait, really? They wouldn't have? Um, I, I
1: believe it's reseeded.
0: Oh God, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Josh earlier today um, on Fantasy Hour, and you know, if you look at the Eagles specifically, not to completely change the topic, but like. They're in a spot where, you know, they could go on a little mini run given their, you know, the ease with which they should handle their division. And, you know, end of the day, there's a pretty good shot that they end up not as like what would be the seven or eight seed, I would think.
1: Well, I saw a really fun stat this week uh, about the Eagles. The Eagles, sitting at 3-4-1 going into Week 10, have a 79% chance of winning their division per this ESPN poll. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers, at 8-0, have a 73% chance of winning their division.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean... That makes us better than the Steelers. Point. Yeah, I think I think so. I'm willing... Well, I mean, hey, the Steelers had more trouble with the Cowboys than the Eagles would have, probably, so... You
1: know, oh, any given day with this team. I mean, okay. the... We had some problems with Ben DiNucci until the second half, and then they they completely gave up on Ben DiNucci.
0: Well, Garrett Gilbert looked significantly better than Ben DiNucci looked at yeah. any point in that game. Yeah, yeah, Gilbert's
1: Surprising. a Gilbert's an NFL quarterback. I don't think there's a mistake about that. I don't think he's a starter, but he's an NFL quarterback.
0: I I was stunned about Gilbert's mobility. That's what really shocked me about what he looked like in that game, and. You know, he put a lot of zip on his passes. I, yeah, I think that there's some, they might have a little something there. backup was.
1: By the way, while we're talking about bad football teams, you know, I think what we have seen over the last two weeks uh, it just reinforces my right to be bullish about the New York Jets future. I really do. It, because
0: mm. I was not, thinking about that when Beckton comes not, out and they just couldn't block anyone.
1: Yeah. Man, I don't even care about that. I want to talk about what's going on with, with the Clemson Tigers and why I'm excited no. about it. They go, Trevor Lawrence plays, they beat. They score 73 points against Georgia Tech. Is Georgia Tech great? No, they're not. But they score 73 points. Lawrence Lawrence is out. They replace him with the number one quarterback prospect in the country and DJ Ula, uh, Uyaga Lele. And can't say that fast yet. And uh, they drop a game to That's Notre Dame. Well they drop the game to Notre Dame. And this is this is how much Trevor Lawrence means to this team. You know, I, yeah. I always try not to be hyperbolic when we're talking about this stuff. But like you and I have been talking about the NFL draft for a couple of decades now, most of our adult lives. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen.
0: I agree. I think he's the best player. He's the best pure prospect period, which isn't a shocker that I've ever seen. And he's, let's just say what it is. He was, he's been that guy since basically right when he took the field for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he wins a title as a true freshman, it was, I mean, it was all over for me at that point. Like, and for everyone else, he was obviously the number one guy coming in or, or, you know, top three ish. And it's is so, it's so funny. It's so similar to the Andrew Luck RG three draft, I think, because, mm-hmm. I I mean, Zach Wilson looks phenomenal, and I am totally on board there. But, like, Justin Fields is that guy, I think. I think he's a tremendous—I think he's better than RG3, too. So this is, like, an upgraded version of those two. I would gladly be tanking to get Justin Fields in any other draft. And I I think there's a real argument to be made between Fields and Joe Burrow from last year. So, I mean, it's it's that close. And, I mean, Burrow's phenomenal, too. And you're right, like— it's hard not to get hyperbolic about this sort of thing. Burrow had one of the greatest college seasons we'll ever see. Um, And, you know, he deserves so much credit for coming out of nowhere and doing what he did. But now look at what Joe Brady is doing with Carolina. Look at what Justin Jefferson's doing with Minnesota. I mean, Joe Mm -hmm. Burrow and Burrow, of course, doing great on his own right. Like, but that, you know, that was like a truly epic collection of players and what Lawrence is doing, you know, to your point with what he, you know, how the difference between how he performed versus how his backup performed um, is is insane to me, and, and definitely worth calling out.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Burrow had like three guys better than than Lawrence's top wide receiver option at the, on that LSU team May, and you could argue maybe four. You know, mm. for for sure, Jamar. Jamarch, oh, well, I'm talking about I'm talking about this season.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. Higgins, yeah, he's playing. He's playing well in Cincinnati, no question. Uh, no, no disrespect. Mm-hmm. But you, when you're talking about Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Terrence Marshall or Terrence Marshall, like I think they're all better than Amari Rogers, right?
0: Yeah, I think so for sure. But I mean, Etienne is maybe a little better than edwards probably. Is
1: he though? Close. I mean, edwards Hilaire is-, is playing well in the NFL, and Etienne just had 29 yards rushing. Without yeah. without Lawrence there to take some pressure off of that. Etienne uh, had
0: game. a horrible... That game, I promise you, when it comes to draft season, people will be looking at that game, and it's going to be the reason Etienne doesn't go probably in the first round, in my mind.
1: Yeah, the Jets on Bavada currently sit plus 250,000 to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, <laughs> I, I, believe, I believe those odds are going to be significantly lower next year, and this is a very good team within the next three. Yeah,
0: I, mean, I, I, you- I truly believe it. Just that guy, though. You can put him on any team, and they're pretty much any team in the NFL, and they're going to be better at the quarterback position in the next three years.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I had this conversation last night. How many how many NFL teams right now do not trade their st- their current starting quarterback for Trevor Lawrence?
0: I can think of one. <laughs> I'll, give Bur- is, I'll give you
1: Burrow. I'll give you Burrow. I don't probably hurt, know about that. I don't know. Uh, Burrow's playing great as a rookie, and no, I would I- say— I would say San Diego too, just because how good Herberts looked, and you 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 don't know for, even though you no you're right look at look up at RG three or Mariota.
0: Oh man. yeah, I wouldn't give up Burrow. I wouldn't give up. Um, wouldn't give up Herbert at all. No chance. Kyler's strong argument to be made with Tua. Cliff would never ever give up Kyler. Um, you know he's attached if they to him. I think obviously Mahomes and Will Russell Wilson mm. and. I truly don't know if there's another team that wouldn't trade their quarterback for the number one pick next year. I agree. Oh, Lamar Jackson I think still is
1: Lamar Jackson a lock anymore?
0: He's not a lock, but you know he won an MVP and he's like 24 years old. Yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna How say about- that Baltimore's not giving that one up.
1: I mean, I I get that, but you know, and I talked about this earlier with Greg on. You're wrong, but. You know, in a draft where quarterbacks went one and three and MVP went 32, Josh Allen might be the best quarterback in that class.
0: Yeah, I, I, I
1: really believe that
0: I I'm still rolling with Lamar Jackson, but I hear what you're saying. And it's I understand the the point for sure. I'm, I'm just I think that that reasonable people can disagree on that one for sure. Like Lamar's you know i i do think there's just something up with him right now like injury wise or something it just doesn't seem right that he would look so insanely good last year and then not throw for more than 208 yards in a game this season
1: well uh, an hour ago on ESPN Lamar Jackson said that defenses are calling out the Baltimore Ravens plays this season so Ooh, maybe it is good a good scheme free, issue though. yeah maybe it is a scheme issue i mean that's that's not a complex offense and You know, probably by design, that's not a complex offense, but that's never a good sign.
0: No, it's not. Um, Yeah, you're right. It's probably by design in some ways. Like, they don't draft another first round or second round guy this year. And, you know, I mean, they've given him no shortage of talented weapons, though. That's for sure. Like, I mean, I think a lot of teams would have killed at the time to get Hollywood or Mark Andrews or one of these types. And so... Um, And even Boykin was a second rounder, right? Um,
1: Yeah. Do you think they miss Hayden Hurst?
0: I do. Yeah, I really do. I mean, who is their, their, Nick Boyle had more targets, has more targets over the last three weeks, I think, than Mark Andrews. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're, they're using all their different weapons, but I think that at some point you've got to like, you got to mix it up. And I mean, if you think of what Lamar Jackson's offense at Louisville was compared to what it is now, it's a completely different looking thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like they were spreading it out and throwing short passes and, you know, really like doing what Kyler is doing. And, you know, in Baltimore, they really have like a smash mouth attack, essentially, with like a 170 pound quarterback. So it's not it's not an ideal situation from that perspective.
1: That's certainly true. Yeah. It's do you think is this the last year of Greg Roman in Baltimore?
0: oh that's a great question. I mean, no matter what, no matter how bad it's gone statistically, like they're still, they're still what six and two, right? Like their their record's still pretty good, and I think their schedule actually eases up a bit. So, I mean, that would be surprising to me. um But you know, Harbaugh has always been kind of like willing to do things, you know, quickly and decisively and make changes. So. That'd be wild, though, because Greg Roman, of course, got plenty of head coaching interviews right. last year. If he gets fired, I, I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's quite the indictment.
1: Yeah, that was the point I was making there, is that you go from almost getting a couple of head coaching jobs to getting fired in a year. It's just, that's incredible. It's uh, yeah. and, and that's, the, welcome to the big leagues, baby.
0: I wonder if he's like better suited to be like a run game coordinator, you know, mm. like someone who's tied to a really good quarterbacks coach and then they can sort of marry those two schemes because i do think that like while it's very creative with the run attack like his even with the bills and was he with the chargers too i know for sure with the bills Mm. um you know it's always kind of been that's been his thing and it runs its course at at some point like it did with Tyrod taylor like it was great for a year brought the bills back to the playoffs and then suddenly like you know there, it, it hit its end point. And so I think that like having him tied to someone who, knows, who has a better feel for passing game concepts um, might be really beneficial to his career.
1: Well, it seems like Greg Roman uh, is kind of a guy who once there's expectations for him, he sort of falls a little bit under the weight of those expectations.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. Because you're right, even in Buffalo, he was a hot name there for a minute, right? For a year mm-hmm. or two as a head coach in Canada did he ever get? I don't think he ever got hired as a coach
1: no he's never wrong. been a Greg Roman's no. never been a head coach mm-hmm.
0: yeah so but I mean no shortage of interviews so yeah I, I I think that there might be something to that
1: uh let's see Greg Roman's career Carolina as an O-line assistant Houston is a tight ends coach and quarterbacks coach Baltimore O-line assistant Holy Spirit High School in 2008 uh, offensive coordinator stanford tight ends coach and offensive tackles coach san francisco uh, offensive coordinator bills uh, with, jim, bills, harbaugh. with jim harbaugh bills oc ravens uh oc and tight ends coach ravens uh tight ends coach and assistant head coach and ravens offensive coordinator so they've really shuffled him around over the last three years in terms of his title in baltimore
0: you'd think that he would know enough not to have his place called out <laughs> because mm-hmm. his, uh, with his awesome quarter. I mean, you, you've been dealt such a great hand with Lamar Jackson. He's been every bit what you would have hoped for. Um, and so like, I think, you know, not maximizing that talent is again, it's an indictment of it.
1: By the way, I would love to know what happened in 2008 where he gets fired from Baltimore in, uh, in 2000, what six to uh, yeah. In 2007, He goes back to his alma mater, Holy Spirit High School, and he's not even the head coach; he's just offensive coordinator
0: Mm -hmm. of his high school. (laughs) That is crazy. He's just never been able to to run a room, I guess. Huh? Uh,
1: I get. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about Dion. Dion went and coached his kid, despite the fact that he was a defensive back. He became uh, I I forget it starts with S H E M something. I forget what the rest of that Dion's kids. uh, first name is Shamar, Shemer Sanders oh, or something like that. Shamar,
0: yeah, I think. So. He
1: he was his kid's offensive coordinator and now his kid is following him to Jackson State. Yeah. So th- that's going to be interesting. That that was a fascinating hire. Like Dion's a really smart guy. I don't know if he's going to be a great head coach, but if he does nothing else, he gets into rooms uh, in recruiting rooms that nobody else could get into at that level and that is a huge advantage.
0: For sure, but you know, that I feel like that time is waning for him. And as far as like the cool factor with Dion is it's obviously off the charts for our generation, but yeah, soon you know, it's going to, it's going to run its course and um you know, he's got to capitalize on it right now while he can.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Uh, oh, it's, he's a John Carroll guy. How about that? Greg Roman is a, is a John Carroll guy from uh, university Heights. Uh, Ohio. There's somebody
0: else that went there. Well, is that I can tell where t- the Harbuz are from.
1: Uh, so there's the John Carroll. There's a lot of John Carroll alums, including my girlfriend's father and uncle. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Famous, if we're a uh, fiance's father and uncle, that's uh, oh, there it yeah, is, Fancy. But uh, I feel like I would get I would get in trouble if I referred to her as my girlfriend at this point. Uh, <laughs> protect against that. Famous alums at uh, John Carroll. There, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of uh. Bunch of football alums, yeah, and I'm looking. for I think them.
0: the Harbaugh family has a tie there. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think that's how. Maybe that's how the link, the link up happened with Jim and then John.
1: Um. Well, uh, yeah, because yeah, there were. I randomly there was a bunch of John Carroll alums who were interviewing for NFL head coaching jobs this past year. Yeah, I, I remember that being a thing. Uh, university alumni I'm looking for this right now Did not think this is where the show was going to go But isn't that really the beauty of the show uh, Okay, how about this Some Here's some gentlemen who have come from John Carroll University uh, Don Shula London Fletcher, Hello. Tim Russert Josh McDaniels Nick Casario, uh, yes. that's, that's what we we're talking about Tom Talasco uh, David Caldwell Greg Roman Greg Shulpinski, Carl Tassif, uh it goes on and on, but there's not more people. I was relative. thinking of McDaniel's. That's, and that's Ma- well, McDaniel's and Casario because right. they were going to be a, they were going to be a package deal for a while.
0: Yep, that's right. The Niners were interested in that duo at the and time. And the Browns. The Browns, yep, good call. Yeah, so I, I knew
1: there. I knew there was more. Weirdly enough, fascinating. I don't see,
0: John John Carroll combo. Maybe the yeah, those aren't involved.
1: Yeah. Bill Polian too. Mm. I don't
0: really
1: we, weirdly, I'm not seeing either of my fiance's family members on this notable alumni <laughs> list and one of them was briefly a minor league baseball player. so no. you would think you'd think you'd make it of but. course.
0: that's a shame. Might need to submit to Wikipedia or whatever you're reading off of
1: yeah, that's that's a three thousand uh student school that has produced this many people that that's wow. insane. Like I always feel like Villanova does great. Villanova was a ten last time I looked. and I always feel like, like that's amazing for a school that small, but this is incredible.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. I know Eastern Illinois has got another like interesting mix of alumni too, just like random corners of the earth that have that happen to be you know swells of talent at specific yeah. sports.
1: Yeah, and that that ten at Nova obviously includes postgrads too. Uh, so, mm. all right. Uh, well, that's a, a quick look at John Carroll University for all of those people <laughs> thinking about applying in the fall. Uh, if you want to get into an NFL front office, it's not the worst place to be, but that's not what we're here to do. Well, let's, uh, let's do some lines for this week's game, sir. Okay. Uh, we've got the Indianapolis Colts heading to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. Bavada has the Titans minus one at home.
0: Yeah, I really like Tennessee in this game. I'd I, think that the Colts have a problem with their backfield and that's something that they obviously want to hang their hat on. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're just, they're a mess in that way. Uh, and so while I think their defense is of course really good, probably a top five defense, I just, I don't know where they're better than Tennessee at aside from, I guess our offensive line's better, but Tennessee's just clicking much more so than Indy right now.
1: By the way, we're never going to have this, uh, this, this top quarterbacks talk. This is, it's just never okay. never going to happen uh, 2 weeks from now would be my goal because next week's obviously going to be the NBA draft of but uh but 2 weeks from now we can uh, I I want to talk about it man there's six quarterbacks who can go in the first round
0: we can do it right now
1: why not uh, we, you know I don't I don't know how yeah. I'm not sure how to make that work right now with <laughs> with uh we got to get enough the picks in. Gotta enough to have. Got to get the picks. People are here for the picks. People are right. here for the picks. Right. The Houston Texans travel to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Bavada has the Browns minus three.
0: So we're expecting Nick Chubb back, right? Off the Nick bye. Chubb,
1: Austin Hooper, and Wyatt Teller.
0: That's big. I mean, those are three big time pieces for that offense. And um, while, you know, like obviously without Beckham, they're a different team, they might not be a worse team. Like, mm-hmm. at least from what we've seen early, early returns wise, uh, Baker Mayfield cleared from that COVID list. And so I I think that the Browns are going to get it done. I just think their defense is much better than Houston's, although Houston's showing signs of life with Bill O'Brien can. Um, Yeah, I just, I think that Cleveland's going to be able to get it done with that run game.
1: Biggest line of the week here, the Jacksonville Jaguars head to Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. Bavada has the Packers minus 13 at home.
0: So Jake Luton. Not terrible. Also, I thought his name was pronounced Luton for the last three years, so that's that That was a mistake on my part. But uh, yeah, I don't
1: think you're going to need to worry about it for very long.
0: <laughs> hey, he looked good. You look yeah. pretty good. Um, I don't suspect but,
1: that's going to carry through to this weekend.
0: I, I tend to agree. I think that the Packers are going to get it done in a big way. Jacksonville's defense is just horrendous, and um, the Packers are getting healthier too, so... I I think with 10 days off, Green Bay should shake off the rust and look pretty good against Jacksonville. I mean, they need to.
1: Speaking of getting healthy at the right time, the Philadelphia Eagles will get back Alshon Jeffrey, Miles Sanders, and potentially Isaac Sayamalu this weekend in their game where they travel to New York to take on the New York football Giants. Bovada has the Giants plus three and a half at home.
0: This is what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, I think Philly is in a great spot to run away with this division completely and this is you know if they do it right here like I think that puts the distance that they need right off the bat right out of the bye and um you know for like you said for as unhealthy as they've been and as much bad luck injury wise that they've had they're in great shape to make a pretty good run at a decent record here down the stretch and then get a home playoff game and you know anything can happen from there so gonna be very interesting I think they're like the team to watch in the NFC in the second half of the season
1: By the way, there's one more major piece dangling in this puzzle, and that is that the Eagles have refused to put Brandon Brooks on the IR, because they genuinely believe that he can be back should they make the playoffs. This guy tore his Achilles, and he's 350 pounds. (laughs) And and he's already box jumping, by the way. Brandon Brooks is not a human being.
0: (laughs) That's, well, whatever he is, he's a good piece for them if he's able to get back, so... Yeah, they're I mean they're and I thought you were gonna go down the Zach Ertz road. I know that he hasn't been spectacular, but if you just if they're able to get somewhat healthy by week, you know, fifteen ish, mm-hmm. they're you know, a game or two of games over five hundred, like they become a very dangerous team in the playoffs, especially when you see what like Tampa looked like last week and you know, like all the NFC teams look like they have significant flaws at times.
1: Yeah, and Deshaun back late in the season, too, would just need him to right. stay healthy for a couple of playoff games if possible. That would be the longest stretch he's been healthy since he returned to Philadelphia. Wow. So, yeah. good times. That's been a great, <laughs> great use of money for the Eagles. But, uh, yeah, you understand why they did it. The Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Buccaneers, fresh off of a uh, butt whooping by the New Orleans Saints, travel to Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers. Good luck, Panthers. The Panthers plus five and a half at home.
0: Yeah, I I still like the Panthers to cover, all those teams. Wow. he's probably not going to play. Yeah, oh, just he's, like
1: he's not probably not playing. He's out.
0: He's out. Okay. Yeah. I um yeah. I mean, they were still able to move the ball even with Mike Davis back there, and you know they start using Curtis Samuel more as a backfield. Finally, after a long time of not doing so, I don't know. What's your so your take is that obviously Tampa just it was just a, a flash in the pan that they looked that bad against New Orleans
1: yeah I mean I don't I just think it was a lot of things coming together in an unfortunate way for them because that defense has looked great at periods this season looked horrible against New Orleans. That offense has mm-hmm. looked very efficient for a lot of the season, looked horrible against New Orleans. I just they just weren't ready to play New Orleans for whatever reason and I don't think that's going to be the the Tampa Bay we're going to see moving forward.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think they'll they'll ramp up A B too, obviously. And when you have those three guys healthy, it's gonna be very tough to to slow them down. But I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know. I think that there's there's a chance that Tampa is not quite the team that they they look like, the absolute insane world beaters they looked like against Green Bay. I think they're they're somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And that leaves them, you know, I think there are like five teams in the mix in the NFC if not more, that can truly lay claim to feeling like they can win this this conference.
1: By the way, uh, McCaffrey is getting a second opinion. The Panthers would be idiotic to play him this weekend, but he is getting a second opinion and is now listed as unlikely to play rather than out. Also, uh, just, just recently, the Cincinnati Bengals have been awarded Tack McKinley off of waivers from the Atlanta Ooh. Falcons. I, I like hear that. he is a horrible human being and locker room guy.
0: Oh, well, that's not great. I mean, he was tweeting that the Fal- that he wanted the Falcons to trade him or cut him or whatever. So, I'm guessing he's not the best guy. But I mean, that's a free shot at a first rounder for a few games. Why not?
1: Mm. Yeah, I believe it's going to cost him eight hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars for the audition. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if not it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. No, yeah. no, I was I was making your point. I agree completely. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a very cheap look at a guy with no obligations. So mm-hmm. why not? Maybe he behaves. And, uh, and something works out because, you know, a lot of these guys have never been cut before, have never had to go through any sort of struggles before in their football careers. When you're talking about the first round picks, maybe you just need to grow up a little bit. And, you know, it, Tack McKinley wouldn't be the first person to grow up while in the NFL.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well said.
1: The Buffalo Bills head to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals fun game. The Cardinals minus two at home per Bovada.
0: Yeah, huge number, I'm sure, uh, on the total there. I think it's, what, 56, 56 and a half? It's...
1: Uh, let's take a look at that. What is your What is your official guess for the over-under?
0: I, I'm kind of cheating. I think I saw that it's 56. Well,
1: it is, in fact, 56 and a half, Epithata. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I, anyways, I I mean, I think your boy Josh Allen, there's a great spot for him yet again to put up some big points. I you know, I, I read something that said um, road teams are have one are, are above five hundred this year mm. so far, which is wild. Um, so yeah, I, I think that if if we're going off that idea, like who's a better team, I think it's Buffalo. I think Buffalo is clearly establishing itself as a legit, you know, threat at least in the AFC. I think their defense is obviously taking a step back, but I really like Buffalo here. I think I think Arizona is like a good story and you know they've got a, a fun offense but i just don't think they've got all the pieces to put it together and make a playoff run so i i do think buffalo is going the right direction here
1: and by the way these two surprising teams this year are both the teams that added the star wide receivers in the offseason
0: yeah well is buffalo that surprising they made the playoffs uh, last year they were pretty
1: yeah good. but this i don't think we thought buffalo was going to be this good just yet
0: yeah that's fair
1: they, I mean, they're seven and two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are this good. And that, con- that. Uh, yeah, they look, they're going to have to hold off Miami though. That's, that's a, actually like an interesting division. suddenly.
1: Yeah. Miami five and three and that uh, they just, they look different under Tua. It's mm-hmm. Flores made the right choice. Brian Flores, by the way, is, is he clearly the best uh, Belichick disciple in terms of coaching success?
0: It seems that way for sure. Oh, you're not counting Saban, obviously.
1: No, yeah. no, at, at the professional level.
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't know who's even second. Is it Cronell? Maybe. I like, yeah.
1: Yeah, Patricia had a good year in Detroit, but then it all went to hell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. but it's. But I, I never give new coaches credit for winning with another coach's roster.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with that. It's more like, can you build up your own system? And it, like McDaniel's had some flashes, but obviously he. Hasn't been what he could be, and yeah, there's. It's been pretty ugly overall. Bill O'Brien, yikes.
1: Yeah, Bill O'Brien. He, I don't, like. I don't know if he gets the Penn State job right now. If he he wanted to go back.
0: <laughs> if Franklin uh, left.
1: So, uh, no, I don't know how long Franklin's going to be in that position either. Penn State looks absolutely horrible, but that's uh, yeah. and that's another conversation for another day. The Denver Broncos head to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Bovada has the Raiders minus five at home.
0: Man, no idea on this one. I um, no. like this. The AFC West is just, uh, I have no idea. Like the chargers have a, I think a positive point differential this season, but are two and six and mm-hmm. you know, the Broncos are all over the place. No idea what to make of drew lock and Raiders have a, a winning record, but I don't think anyone thinks they're actually good. So it's, it's a crapshoot. shoot. And um, I guess, if forced to make a pick, I'd probably go with the Broncos to keep it close, but I don't love it.
1: Uh, the Chargers have just ducked under the uh, the over under. They are in negative negative eleven on the season now, but oh, okay. I, I absolutely see what you're saying there. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't Dude, know. Two plays I
0: away from being four and four the last two weeks. Last play well, of the game both
1: ends. Well, how about this? The uh, the Chargers are negative eleven, and they're two and six in last place. The Raiders are negative eleven; they're five and three in second place.
0: Exactly. There you go. Perfect comp right there. And literally one play switches that whole thing around, and it's the Chargers are you know only minus four, and they'd be one game back. And yeah, it's tough. And you know they've got Austin Eckler, you know potentially going to play, but do you even rush him back at this point? Luckily, you know if you're the Chargers, I mean. It's great to win games. It's great to look good, you know, Mm -hmm. offensively. But at this point, like, don't you just go in the tank, get Herbert two nice pieces and come back next year stronger and just like see what you've got.
1: I think they might be too good to tank in a year where there's some terrible teams.
0: True. I mean, tanking meaning like. I know. (laughs) Well, all right. Here,
1: let's play a little game. There are there is one division where every team has a negative point differential. What is that? (laughs)
0: Is it the NFC East?
1: It is the NFC East. There is one division <laughs> where every team has a positive point differential. Oh. What division is that?
0: Ooh. Um AFC North, maybe?
1: AFC North, there are it's it's split two and two. I'll give you one more shot.
0: Okay. Oh man. Um
1: We were just NFC talking North. about one of these teams.
0: NFC South?
1: NFC West, my friend. Oh, of course. The Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers, all positive point differentials. Niners? Mm. I know. Plus 18. And the, the, Eagles, wow. plus ni- the Eagles minus The Eagles 19 in first place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the Niners are soon to dip below that uh, the Mendoza line there, I think.
1: And my hope is the Eagles get back to zero this weekend against the Giants. So, I like uh, their chances. Yeah, well, every time I like their chances they lose by three touchdowns and something weird <laughs> happens. So Carson Wentz will probably have nine interceptions and four fumbles this week. That'll be fun to watch and uh then eventually it'll be Christmas and I can I can pull out my Xbox Series X and break out Madden and uh I can play with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So it all will be right in <laughs> the world. Uh, um I did, I received my Xbox Series X in the mail yesterday on show. I'm pretty excited about it. Waiting Very on exciting. Waiting on the PlayStation, which I believe is going to be the better of the two consoles. But uh, mm. yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. It's this is an adult Christmas thing for me. I'm going to hold off, and I'm going to I'm going to bust them out on Christmas.
0: Oh, you're waiting. Okay, yeah.
1: interesting. It's you know, God, adult adult Christmas for adults when you do not have children is uh, it's it's not exactly the most exciting day in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed. I can <laughs> second that.
1: For now. Uh for now. Yeah, this is, this is you've experienced your last one, but Yeah,
0: whoa. That is uh, that's,
1: that's pretty <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, how about that? You're you're now officially an adult. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow. The
0: uh <laughs> now let's get back to talking about gambling lines. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. The uh this is fun. Uh <laughs> the 49ers head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints and but know what? I thought we talked about this team, but we didn't. I was wrong, and I was right to say this is fun. The Los Angeles Chargers head to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins minus two and a half at Pavada.
0: Oh man, this is fun. I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, you gotta just love seeing this. Of both these these teams, you get these two quarterbacks, and I mean, if if the question was, you know, we need to see what Tua has, what does he have? Should we be looking at quarterbacks? I think the answer is he looks like he's got a lot and yeah. we don't need to be looking at first round quarterback. So they're in a great spot. Um, you know, what a quick flip from, we should be starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. He gives us the best chance to win to Tua being what he looks like. So, um, and that's without Gaskin. I, I'm so impressed with him. I like the dolphins here, although it wouldn't shock me at all if the chargers get some regression and win this game, but Miami, to your point with Brian Flores, like they just look like a team that's, that's playoff bound, and you know maybe they steal a game there. Uh, they're they're they've got as good a chance as anyone outside of like the Chiefs and and Steelers. I think.
1: Can I tell you that there is a delivery guy just blowing up my doorbell right now to drop off <laughs> what what I believe is a fifteen dollar item. So
0: <laughs> I don't this... hear it, so that's good.
1: Uh, if, if you listen carefully, I think you can. Uh, the, the listeners will be able to hear my ring and my blink going off. <laughs> <I don't
0: laughs> Leave understand. the $15 package outside.
1: Yeah, it's literally an envelope. That's it. I know what it is. It's Yeah, you're, you're going to be fine, sir. Uh, but thank you for your patience. Um, <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers travel to New Orleans to take on Drew Brees and those New Orleans Saints. Bovada has the Saints minus nine and a half.
0: Ooh, that's a lot of points for a team that has a positive point differential. But, you know, the Niners are, you know, obviously the walking wounded. With a bye coming up, I don't expect them to play Raheem Mostert. I'd be surprised if they played Debo. It sounds like Kendrick Bourne did have a positive test, which is just one of the weirdest oddities you'll see this in a weird, odd season with the positive, negative, false positive, whatever, Um, and then going back to positive. So, yeah, I don't know. I I think that... um, I think the Niners are going to have a lot of trouble here, although I couldn't see a letdown game for the Saints. I think that uh, they're just 10 points is going to be easy to cover against Nick Mullins.
1: Yeah, no, this uh, this 49ers team looks not so great. Not so great. Uh, I mean, talk about another team that really should be actively tanking right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think they know that too, candidly, like... like Again, you just, there's so many good players that are missing from their squad and it's hard to motivate the guys that are playing in that time, I think. And especially when, you know, you got Nick Mullins, who's really not giving you a chance to win games.
1: Yeah. Why go Mullins over Bethard? It seems like Bethard's playing well every time he gets a chance.
0: I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, and then, you know, they, didn't they just sign Josh Johnson? They signed someone from the XFL. So I didn't
1: see that. I like Josh Johnson. I've always liked Josh Johnson.
0: Yeah, me too. I think it'd be fun to see what he's got with Shanahan, but you know, I, it's weird though. Cause like if they win this game, they're, they're not dead at all, but to me they're dead. And as far as like what's significant, which is I, like I don't see a path to them getting back to the Super Bowl. So no. why why even bother? Again, last week last year they had to trade to Forrest Buckner to get to a place that they could easily be in draft pick wise this year. Right, you know. So I don't get
1: it. Well, and and a more direct analogy here is a couple years ago, Garoppolo is out. They tank. They get the number two yeah. pick. Go to the Super Bowl. Now, what's going to be interesting is that if they do have if they uh, do find themselves in a position where they're drafting high, and mm-hmm. right now they would be drafting number fifteen. Uh, it's probably not high enough. I'm guessing. God, four, at least four, maybe five quarterbacks off the board by fifteen.
0: Definitely four. Who's your fifth?
1: Uh, well, you're going to be between Trask and Mac Jones, and oh, probably Trask for me. But yeah, I, I guess agree. I guess it would be four at this point. But four certainly off the board. I I would guess four are top ten picks.
0: I think four are top. Six? I don't know where Lance is. I would be shocked if Zach Wilson goes out of the top five like as where we're sitting today.
1: So you think there's a potential to see a lot of trades in the top five because there there aren't necessarily teams that are going to take them. I mean, with the possible exception of, are the Giants just willing to give up on Daniel Jones for somebody they like better?
0: I don't think so. Not because Dave Gettleman's their GM. But I think that one, two is likely to be Dolphins, Jags, and they seem like locks to go, you know, Lawrence.
1: J- jets jags not dolphins jags
0: oh sorry yes <laughs> my bad yeah um so Jets, jags i don't know who would be three but I, three I is currently
1: the cowboys four is the giants five is the redskins so the rest of the nfc use, yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i don't i mean the cowboys of course wouldn't wouldn't take a quarterback I, well not of course. i
1: mean is that a certainty
0: I don't. No, but I'm not sure. There's just so much smoke around them re-signing Dak, and I think Dak is going to be incentivized to take whatever deal the Cowboys give him on their terms um, because of the injury concerns. And I just, like. I I would be sh- I would be very surprised if they go quarterback, even if unless they go. Obviously, if they're one, that changes everything. How about but, is, does
1: two change everything too?
0: Oh man, that's really tough. Cause like what I mean, what do you get for Dak if you trade him? Like you would be, you'd be in a tough spot there. As yeah, far as like, you'd want to get something for him.
1: You right? could, you'd franchise, you'd have to franchise him. I believe he would make thirty-seven million dollars, and then a team would have to take him, take thirty seven million dollar contract. And you know, you're not After trading for Dak it. Prescott and not not having a long-term deal in place. Right. So, yeah, it's tough, but you know, at the same time. What the, the Cowboys would be saving 25 ish million dollars, 27 million dollars from the number two pick to Dak and adding a significant asset,
0: and arguably not seeing a massive drop off, if yeah. any, within two years. So. so they
1: can drop down to five and take two more Chase.
0: <laughs> See, oh, yeah, just make it the four receiver set. Well, I don't man. know. They're the Cowboys are just like too talented almost at that to be picking that high like they would definitely be a candidate to drop down but they wouldn't want to drop down to an NFC East team and it would just I think that specific scenario I don't think will manifest itself but that would be a very fascinating one to see play out
1: well right now there are three I think they just sit there and take Sewell
0: Probably, but you know you've got Tyron Smith, and you know yeah. you're, I guess you move into right, right tackle. Yeah, who
1: cares? Like you, cool. you find a way to make those two work together. And, and yeah, Lael like Collins C. is yeah. supposed to be a guard anyway.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're probably right, but I think that it's it's a super interesting place to be because if you just drop down, you could get you know a ransom, a fix the way that like every other team that trades down, like someone loves Zach Wilson, you know you you can put yourself in the place to trade back up for way yeah. less get a tackle. So. Uh, it's
1: going to be interesting to see who that someone is because as the draft sits right now, Cowboys 3, Giants 4, Football Team 5, Chargers 6 aren't taking a quarterback, Dolphins 7 aren't taking a quarterback, Bengals 8 aren't taking a quarterback. 9s the Panthers mm-hmm. that could be in play, the Falcons can be a play at 10, the Lions at 11, mm-hmm. the the Vikings at 12 and man, even maybe even the the Patriots at 13.
0: Oh my god. And the
1: that's, 49ers at 15.
0: That's the everyone's doomsday scenario. Well, we'll we'll see a lot of I think a lot of jockeying for the lower seat spots there. Yeah. But if those top two teams stay the top two teams as they should be, then it's going to be, you know, you're basically the draft starts at number three and who's willing to trade up for that spot.
1: By the way, I did an absolutely uh, horrible mock draft today on PFF. It usually does a great job with their mock draft tools. This one not quite refined yet. Um, I did a mock for the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Eagles and the uh, the Browns, three rounds. I, for some reason, the Browns were picking eleven. Don't I don't understand why? Cowboy, the Eagles were picking twenty five. Uh, took Greg Rousseau for the Browns at eleven. Probably oh. shouldn't be there. And uh, I took uh, just because he was there. Quite frankly, Wyatt Davis for the Eagles at twenty five because oh he shouldn't be there.
0: <laughs> he won't
1: be. Yeah. Uh, no. That'll, no be fun. He, that'll be fun. Yeah, just I don't know, but uh, not we got. Uh, I got the Super Bowl run to talk about. Before that, and right?
0: Exactly. He's going to be taking picking thirty two. He's definitely not going to be there. That then.
1: Well, not if PFF has anything to say about it. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Bavada has the Rams minus one and a half at home.
0: I'm very much concerned about the Seahawks at this point. Like I know we're only halfway through the season, but this defense looks. Horrible yeah. and it's yeah, not a one one-off. Like they're they're bad. They're not the type of team like when you go to the playoffs, and again, Josh and I were talking about this today, but like when you go to the playoffs and you've got to play, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and mm. you know anybody else that you have to deal with in the playoffs, Sean McVay and Carson Wentz and all that, like that's that's gonna be a real problem for you when you give up all those yards and points to Josh Allen. So I, like into everybody that they play, and while Russell Wilson has basically been the front runner for MVP, he can't always carry them. And against better defenses, he's going to have problems in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I'm kind of out on the Seahawks right now. I don't think that I, like I think they'll get better. Joel Adams has not been that good so far. He'll get better, but like you know they're they're bad right now. Their defense is one of the three or four worst in the league, and that's just it's not going to hold up. And I don't see like you know, they're, they're not going to get a lot better, right? Like, I don't know who's coming back for them, who's walking – Jude davian Clowney's not, like, walking through that door, any of these guys. Um, so I think that they're going to have issues.
1: But that doesn't even matter because Jamal Adams just did walk through that door and it didn't change a damn thing.
0: Yeah, right. Dunlap, too, is is playing for them now and he didn't do anything. Like – and again, the Bills aren't exactly – like, they. yes, they've been good, they've been productive, but they're not, like – they're not the team you worry about in the playoffs, in my mind, you know, and to no. give up that, that amount of points. So I guess just to bring it all the way through, like, you know, this is a good test for the Seahawks because they should, you know, from a fantasy perspective, from like a fun offensive talent perspective, they should be able to absolutely dominate this game. But hey, I don't see it. I think that the Rams are going to win it.
1: Agreed. Uh, Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens head to New England to take on the New England Patriots, and Bavada has the Patriots plus seven and a half at home.
0: Oh man. I, what are the Patriots right now? Garbage. Garbage. What even are they? Yeah. I mean, you give up 27. They should have lost that Jets game. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, they, they hang on just because they're a little bit better. I, I thought that Cam looked better running but there is yeah. there is his shoulders off like there's yeah, definitely agreed. something wrong with him so um yeah i mean i i don't know i think this is like a get right game for that baltimore offense so i i do like the ravens here
1: by the way isn't it the most like 40 chess move ever for belichick to, to intentionally drop two games to the jets this season
0: they sh- he should have i i honestly was thinking that that like You know, if they lose that, then, you know, you potentially drop the Jets to a place where they can't take Lawrence or Fields and just ruin their entire future. That would be hilarious. But
1: yeah, had they uh, I'm looking at strength of schedule right now and had they won, they would have dropped to two. So it'd be Fields already. And I'll tell you what, you know, I I really like Justin Fields as a prospect. I don't trust him in New York the same way that I trust Trevor Lawrence to turn around the Jets.
0: I completely agree. Like there is. You know, there are the guys that it doesn't matter where they go, like Joe Burrow, they will be, you know, they will be franchise changers. Trevor Lawrence is clearly that guy to me, to both of us. Um, Fields, like, I expect him to be awesome, and mm-hmm. we'll see who they end up hiring there and changing potentially the culture there. But if it's not someone, like, you know, that, that can bring out the best in him, there's a chance that he busts out. I, I totally agree with that. But, you know, for an... An average NFL coach, Justin Fields is a great number two pick.
1: Yeah, well, the the place I want to see Fields end up is Carolina.
0: Oh my god,
1: because yeah. Carolina with Joe Brady, that would be so would be much so fun.
0: good. You would be so damn good there. I completely agree with that. But, I don't, you know, like no, I trust
1: he's... Jacksonville.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're not going to have Doug Marone coaching them next year. You got to think,
1: so. right? But we don't know who the hell is going to be coaching them, and right? I mean, if, that's true. If you're the Jets, like the one and only call you make this off season is Lincoln Riley. I totally Still, agree. The one and only call. It's it's not even a matter of do you want to coach. It's how much does it take for you to be the coach of our team next year? Let's let's get this done right now.
0: I I. I think Joe Brady is a call you, you consider making, too. but I, I think, Really? You're
1: promoting Joe Brady already?
0: <sighs> man, they it's not Matt Rule's offense. It's Joe Brady's. And I have been so impressed with how good they look um, in Joe Brady's first year in the NFL as the OC. So, yeah, I mean, he would be the second call I make. I mean, of course, you throw whatever at Lincoln Riley and see what he says, and I think that he'd say yes, given Trevor Lawrence. Is the option waiting on the other side of that? But if he says I don't want to go to New York or whatever, then you know, and I, I wouldn't necessarily blame him just because of the meddlesomeness of the ownership there. Yeah, Woody but, Johnson, right? So if that's if that's not a, a thing, I would definitely think about calling Joe Brady, and then after that, you're just screwed. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the I enemy maybe I don't
1: know. I'm not. It's not the enemy for me, uh, but I'll tell you that I, I guess brady wouldn't be the youngest head coach mcveigh still would have been younger than he was when he took over but i don't know it's just a 32 year old who's been in the nfl for one year a guy who will be 32 who's been in the nfl for one year uh i don't know man Mm. well i i probably be 31 when he's hired he just turned 31 a couple of months ago but yeah man that's that's a gamble that's that's
0: (laughs) it's a gamble it's a gamble but it's like how about this how
1: about this for you joe brady born miami lakes florida
0: oh ooh. interesting
1: so you'd be you'd be bringing the prodigal son home if you were the jaguars
0: oh yeah man i love that that would be really fun him and him and fields like i don't know that there's that other hot name right now i think Beanie will a hundred percent get a coaching job for better or for worse and i'm, mm. I'm leaning towards it not being the best but who else is out there i mean mccarthy was like the big not a big the big fish but like a name yeah. certainly that was out there last year who else is like who, who are the guys
1: i don't know brett brown still looking to the coach but
0: <laughs> there it is uh, gotta get the sixers um, <laughs> yeah
1: i haven't talked about daryl yet yesterday come on uh free uh, free agency is going to open next next week I yeah I don't know and I, I mean I feel like this college season's kind of been such a muted college season that there isn't there haven't been those like breakout college coaches either
0: right right totally yeah there isn't I mean yeah like Davos definitely not suited for the NFL in my mind and yeah you're not getting like Brian Dable or whoever you know who who are the the names the hot names the young coaches I'm with you I don't really see who that is in in this year. Uh, in college,
1: yeah. I agree that Dabo's not necessarily suited for the NFL, but I will tell you that a Dabo-Trevor Lawrence partnership in New York wouldn't shock me either.
0: Yeah, I, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't be what I did I,
1: if I was the Jets, uh, you yeah. know, but but it, I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen. Uh, but I just don't know
0: who else is out there, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll you know... In the in the next coming weeks, we'll have a little bit more free talk time, Mm -hmm. and we can we can delve into these things a little bit more. But let's finish up this week's schedule. The Minnesota Vikings head to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. Bavada has the Bears plus three at home.
0: Yeah, don't look now, but the Vikings are are warming up a little bit, and Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook looks like an absolute star again. Mm -hmm. And you know, like the Bears' defense isn't the best matchup, but. This is a really great chance for him to keep going. And and you know, the Vikings were even with the Packers coming into the season for the division. They're not catching the Packers, I don't think, but like, you know, they could make a run at an eight seed in a playoffs if that's what happens for sure. And of course the Bears are five and four, so they're in the mix. But the Bears offense just looks dead. I mean, it is this is the worst. (laughs) They were the worst five and three, five and two team, the worst five and three team. They're the worst five and four team I've ever seen. And I expect that to continue. To five and five, and then you know that's probably what they deserve to be. So I do like Minnesota here. Uh,
1: looking, I did find a list of uh, co- like the top coaching candidates for next year. <laughs> okay, and Daniel's probably still on that list, despite it's this year. It, it's not it's not exciting. uh, uh listen, we don't <laughs> we don't have time to delve into all these. So I just want I want to arrow up or arrow down from you in terms of have they helped themselves this season,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: do you do you think they're an interesting candidate? Dennis Allen, the Saints DC.
0: Mm, not interested.
1: Works for me. Beanie, the Chiefs' OC. I,
0: I, you and I are on the same page on him, but I, his arrow is up in NFL circles. I know that.
1: This next gentleman we've talked about is Joe Brady, the Panthers' OC.
0: Arrow, straight up, man. He's yeah. going to get a coaching job, I think.
1: Todd Bowles, Bucks DC.
0: Looks good right now. Not from last week, but arrows is generally up for him.
1: Uh, I guess interesting college coach is Matt Campbell from Iowa State.
0: Mm, that's a good name. That's kind of like along the uh, the Matt Rule line. His name's been around a lot, so I'll say Arrow slightly up there.
1: Pete Carmichael, Saints OC.
0: Nah, He's I just always like, been there, right? Yeah, he's just always been there. He's always the bridesmaid. I, I don't see that happening.
1: Brian Dabble.
0: I guess so. Like what he's done there with that offense has been good. But how many you want to talk about the Belichick tree? How about the Saban tree? Yeah,
1: not great. Matt Everflus,
0: Ugh, not been good this year for, yeah, for the great. goals. I mean, their defense been okay, but I, I, yeah, I don't think so.
1: A lot of retreads here. Leslie Frazier, the Bills DC? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah,
0: what's
1: What's the point? Uh, their defense this, sucks. Yeah. Like, th- this, is an int- this was a much more interesting name a week ago. Byron Leftwich, Bucks OC.
0: Yeah, yeah. Much more interesting the week it goes, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's ready for that yet.
1: Wink Martindale?
0: No, no, no. Okay. No. McDaniels? Arrows down, but, you know, his name is going to be out there for sure.
1: Here's one for you. Todd Monken, George's offensive coordinator.
0: Oh, there you go. That's, oh, man, talk about a retread. I, I like Todd Monken, but he has issues with uh, – Apparently, culturally, in the locker.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jack Del Rio, the football team defensive coordinator.
0: Mm, no, yeah, I think that's boring, a product. Right? Yeah, that's a product of the head coach and the, the talent on that team.
1: We talked a lot about Greg Roman already. Uh, I think Arrow pointed yeah. down, but not his fault so much, is Robert Soleil. Ooh. Robert Sala.
0: Robert Sala, yeah, yeah, not his fault so much. He he won't get that job, but also interestingly, I think his deal is up this year. I would expect him to go back, especially with Bosa coming back. But you know, mm. it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if he tried to go somewhere else and sort of show that he can do it multiple places to augment his uh, you know his credentials.
1: Uh, I don't look. I, I don't care about Brian Schottenheimer. I, I don't. Care. Nobody no. on this that Colts team. Nick Sirianni. No offense, but the not Colts not just yet. aren't good enough. Uh, Arthur Arthur Smith in Tennessee is just all he's basically it's like it's Greg Roman let's just run the ball a lot and we'll throw we'll throw manageable passes with our quarterback yeah. Uh, yeah. Brandon Stanley I didn't even know who he was the the Rams defensive coordinator <laughs> yeah. and and Dave Taub the chief special teams coach. Does he have does Taub ever get a chance I don't think
0: so unfortunately, unfortunately. yeah he is maybe he maybe. had a time but it's not now.
1: Fair enough. All right. Well, that is this week's episode of The Underdog. For Anshu Kana, I'm Chris Horwood. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.